if you would, Matthew chapter number 1. Let's look down in verse number 18. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Privily, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. We ought to say amen right there. Now notice this. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall, if somebody don't get a little bit happy right here, I'm going to get upset. For he shall save his people from their sins. Mm, I like that. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, took unto him his wife, and he, excuse me, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. I want to preach to you a very simple thought this morning, but if you came looking for help, this right here will help you. Uh, if you came needing something, this right here give you something. Yes, if you came a-looking, you fixing to find. Amen. I want to preach on this thought. Because Christ was born. Amen. Because there's some things that has transpired. Right. I, I'm feeling pretty good. This, I hope y'all just have to overlook me because I'm feeling real good about it. There's some things in my life today. And the only reason they're there is because Christ was born. If you're over, hallelujah, if you're over the fact that Jesus really was born of a virgin Mary, you too, you, you crippled too high for crutches. If you've been saved so long that the birth don't, don't have much to do, it ain't big to you anymore, you, you just too saved this morning. I know who I am, where I ought to be, and I've got some marvelous and mighty things in my life right now only because Jesus Christ was born. So if God will help us this morning, we're going to preach on that thought. Pray for me and with me this morning. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for the good spirit we felt. Congregationals were tremendous. Special singing, Lord, was a sweet time of intimate worship and God and just a sweet personal presence from the almighty God and we thank you for that. But Lord now it is preaching time. God I can't help nobody here this morning. Lord if the sweet spirit of God would come by one more time. God we've stood here many days and many hours and many moments throughout the last nine years but God today I Ask you more so now than ever before to give me power and unction, Lord, to preach 
what the Lord, what God the Holy Ghost has put in my heart. And God, I pray that you'd help your people, these people here today that need help from you. So Lord, help them. That sinner that may be here that's nice as hell, that's lost and undone. I pray, oh God, they'd see a Savior was born. A Savior died, was buried, and rose again just for them. God, save that soul this morning. We'll thank you for all that you do. And it is in Jesus' name that we do ask and pray and all the Lord's people said. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Now you're going to have to hang with me for a few moments as I preach on this thought. Because Christ was born. Now I say this morning by way of introduction without a doubt what we have just read. It is the single most important and one of, or not one of, the greatest events that has ever taken place on planet earth. Uh, both for and among mankind. Can I say it like this this morning? The birth of Christ has unfortunately became just another story in most of the most situations and lives in these last days. But can I get a little help right here to those of us who have been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more than just a story. Uh, can I say without the birth of Christ, there is no salvation. Uh, without the birth of Christ, there's no heaven this morning. Without the birth of Christ, there is no peace that passeth all understanding. And without the birth of Christ, there is no joy. How many of y'all's walked in Hobby Lobby and they got little wooden boxes set up with snow on top of them and Christmas tree sprouting out and it says three little letters J-O-Y can I say without this day there is no joy without Jesus being born there is no comfort how many of y'all need some comfort this morning can I take you all hallelujah can I take you all the way back down some 2,000 years ago to a little place called Bethlehem where the Lord Jesus was birthed and born he was conceived of the Holy Ghost and born my friend, so that you and I, some 2,000 years later, hey, I need y'all to listen to me, could have real comfort in these days. Uh, can I say, without the birth of Christ, uh, there is no body. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad to have a church. Somebody help me. I'm glad. Hey, 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 I want to say it like this. I'm glad some of them that's gone know where to come back. Hey, man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like a body, man. There's nothing like a real church family. I'm glad this ain't some clicked up mess. I'm glad this ain't some religious facade. But glory to God, we are a bunch of sinners that's been saved by His marvelous grace. That's why we're so gracious. That's why we want everybody to be a part of the family. It's because we know we don't deserve to be in it ourselves. I'm glad the birth of Christ has brought about the body. Can I say without the birth of Christ there is no hope this morning. Without the birth of Christ there is no help. Without the birth of Christ, I'll explain it later, but there is no Bible. Did you know that? If Jesus would have changed his mind and went back to heaven and would not have been birthed, there would not be an inerrant, infallible word of God. Without the birth of Christ there'd be 
no grace for you and me. Without the birth of Christ, there is no mercy. Without the birth of Christ, there was no atonement. Without the birth of Christ, there is no forgiveness. And without the birth of Christ, there is absolutely none of this. In other words, I've come to tell you, I'm glad that Jesus Christ was born. Can I say I'm not over the fact? I am not over the fact that the only begotten Son of God left all of heaven just for me. I'm not over the fact, my friend, and I bless his name, that Jesus was born into this world. He was born in the world that I live in so I could be born into the world he lives in. I need somebody to act saved this morning. If he wouldn't have been born in our world, we couldn't have ever been born into his world. Somebody ought to take a stroll down memory lane and remember where God found you. Remember what salvation done for you. Hey, neighbor, you ought to thank God that he left it all to be born for all so that all could be born again. I'm going to say it again. You ought to thank God that he left it all to be born for all so that all could be born again. I'm glad Jesus was born. Everything we have and everything we hold near and dear to our hearts started on this day when the Lamb of God was born of the Virgin Mary. I'm telling you, we ought to rejoice that Jesus was born. This is not a fairy tale story. This is not something we set up a a manger scene in the yard and we pay our tributes once a year. I'm telling you, everything we got comes from the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, we don't really know He was born in December. Well, no, we don't. But let's take the month and celebrate it anyhow. We're getting so super, super religious on me, friend. We don't know none of that. But here's what I do know. Hey, thank God that even the world at this time of year will acknowledge Jesus. Bless His name that our country, as wicked as she is, still takes time all over the world to acknowledge Jesus Christ was born. I bless His name for that. So if God will help me for a little while this morning, I want to dive right into it. I want to give you a big old long introduction just to warm up. That was a warm up. How many of y'all know the basketball team before tip-off, they got to warm up? Before, football field t- before the football team kicks off, they got to go, so we've been stretching. That's what we're doing just now. We're stretching. We're fixing to jump right into the text this morning. If God will help me, I want to preach on because Christ was born. What does this mean for us? How many of y'all say this morning? Amen. What does it mean for you? That Jesus Christ was born. But first of all, I want to say because Christ was born, number one, we have a pure sacrifice. Because He was born, we have a pure sacrifice. Look at verse 18. The Bible said in verse number 18, Now, the birth of, Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as, uh, when as His mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, uh, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, look here, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for look, he shall save his people from their sin. Did you know because Christ was born, we have a pure sacrifice? Can I say this morning, the blood that ran through the veins of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was unlike any other blood that had ever been spilled or shed for the sin of 
above mankind. May I say the blood of Jesus was pure and it was not polluted. It was not the blood of Joseph. I need a little help right there. Jesus did not. Did you know your blood? Your blood type comes from your father. Did you know that the blood that runs in your veins is a byproduct of your father's blood? But Joseph was not his father. They could not explain it downtown. Social services couldn't figure them out. Jerry Springer down the road in Bethlehem could not figure out who the father was. Can I get a little help? I mean, they were tripped up. Their minds were blown. What do you mean it's not Joseph? Hey, our God is not like any other man. He was 100% God, but 100% man. And while those in Bethlehem could not figure out who the father was, I'm glad to report to you today that I know who the father was. And the same father that was the father of Christ. Hallelujah is the father of me. It was the blood of God Almighty that flowed through his veins. Because Christ was born, my friend, we have a pure sacrifice. Can I say because Jesus' blood was pure, you and I can be pardoned. Because he was born with pure blood as a pure sacrifice, you and I can be pardoned and saved. I need you to hold on real quick this morning. For the Bible said, listen to me, the Bible said in Hebrews 10 verse number 1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Verse 2, up for then would they have not ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. Now pay attention. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made every year made of sins every year for it's not possible. I need you to listen. It is not possible that uh, the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore when he cometh into the world how he come through and by his birth uh, wherefore when he cometh into the world he saith sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a body hast thou prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure uh, but verse 7 said then said I lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will O God above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither had pleasure therein which are offered by the law. But notice this verse 9. Then said he lo I come to do thy will O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will uh, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Oh, listen to me. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. I come to tell you this morning, because Jesus Christ was born, you and I have a pure, a 
pure. I'm talking about a absolute pure sacrifice. My friend, blood. The blood of bulls and goats could have never done it. Ain't nobody in that Old Testament ever been saved through the blood of bulls and goats. But every year they were simply reminded of their sin. But can I say when I see his blood, I'm not reminded of my sin. I'm redeemed from my sin. He's the only pure sacrifice that's ever walked on this planet. And because he was born, there's been a pure sacrifice made for my sin. Because he was born. Number two, because he was born, we have the prophetic, pure, perfect, preserved, and preserved scriptures or word of God. I told you without his birth, there'd be no Bible. What do you mean, preacher? Well, here's what I mean. Look at verse number 22 of our text. (coughs) Verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be what? Which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, that shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Did you know that's not the first time this has occurred? What we just read, that's not the first time that was written. I want to go all the way back, if I could, this morning to Genesis. You don't have to look there, I'll read it to you. But in Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 15, y'all remember when, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden and God came and was walking in the cool of the day and Adam were art down, they was naked and it was, a, it was the world's first real tree leafy suit. They were hiding among the fig trees. But God seen through their camo. Just like that mama dose these through yours and start stomping and blowing like my wife. God seen right through it. And here's what he said. Catch this. People overlook you. You read stuff in your Bible and you miss it. The Bible said in Genesis 3.15, he's talking to <coughs> the serpent. And he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Now he's just told the woman about childbirth. And he said, between thy seed, he said, I'm going to put enmity between thy seed and her seed. And here's what he says about the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know what God said to the serpent in the Garden of Eden? Oh, you think you've got mankind in the palm of your hand now, don't you, Satan? He said, I'm going to tell you a little bit, a little secret about the seed of woman. He said, from this woman, the seed, childbirth, there's coming a day that the seed or the sign. Come on, somebody. The Bible said he's going to bruise your head and your head will bruise his heel. In other words, from the seed, one of these days, that head of your... You like my socks? I never show them, but I'm going to show you on my socks today. It's going to bruise the head of the serpent. Who's he talking about? Moses? No. Abraham? Mm-mm. Isaac and Jacob probably. No. He's talking about Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that because Christ was born, we have a pure and a prophetic and a perfect and preserved Scripture. But here's what I want you to really see in Isaiah chapter 7. Before Jesus was ever born, the prophet Isaiah wrote, you can read it when you go home, in Isaiah 7, 14, Brother Chris, this is what he said. He said, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And bear a son, and thou shalt 
Call his name Emmanuel. Well, what we just read. We read the prophetic scriptures from Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 said this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. <laughs> Can I say, had Christ not been born of a virgin and had not been named Emmanuel, then the scriptures that Isaiah recorded would have been a lie. It would have been perverted. They would have been impure. Is everybody following me this morning? We started strong and now the attention span. Preachers started attention spans erupted. And tell you how it always goes? Because God's got a word. And some of y'all don't even know there's people in here lost. You need to quit moving around. They're lost. Come on, somebody. This is the most important time of the whole service. And I'm telling you, if Jesus wouldn't have been born, we wouldn't have the scriptures. Isaiah would have been a liar. And anything that he prophesied and said in those, in those scriptures, those prophetic scriptures, if Jesus would not have came and been born, we would have had no pure and perfected and preserved Bible. Right. <coughs> but number three this morning. I'm hurrying along because I really need to get to the last one. Because Christ was born. I like this one pretty good though too. Not only because Christ was born do we have a pure sacrifice and preserved a perfect and prophetic scripture, but thirdly, because He was born, we have a personal Savior. <laughs> I said He's a personal Savior. Look at verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? Oh, He's with us. He's personal. Can I say it like this this morning? Because Christ was born, we have a personal Savior. I don't know about y'all. I need somebody to act saved. But I'm glad when I talk to my Lord and Savior, He's on the other end to listen. He's personal. Can I say I'm glad this morning? I can feel His presence. I'm glad. I know what it is to feel His power. I'm glad I can talk with Him and He talks with me. I can walk with Him and He walks with me. I'm glad He cares about me. You say, that so-and-so don't done, done me wrong. They don't care about me. Look up in here, friend. Good news, friend. There's a personal Savior that really does care about you. Can I say I'm glad He's near. I'm glad He's real. I'm glad He's touched with the feelings of my infirmities. I'm glad He speaks directly to me. I'm glad He comforts me. I'm glad He corrects me. He challenges me. He chastises me. Hey, I'm glad I'm His, but I'm glad He's mine. Because Jesus Christ was born, I have a personal. So somebody will take about 25 minutes and shout that the God we serve ain't dead. He ain't dried up. He ain't decomposed. He ain't dormant. He's sitting right now. Say, so where's Jesus Christ? He is seated upon His throne. He Right now, I need y'all to hear me. I'm clipping and I like it. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad He's sitting on His throne. I'm glad He ain't dead, dried up, decomposed. Somewhere over in the desert, he's, His ashes are not in a yearn. But my friend, three days after He died, 500 people seen Him get up. And 500 people seen him walk and 500 people seen him go to heaven and he made a promise he said I must go away but if I go away I will come again but where I am there you may be also I'm glad because he was born I got a personal savior this morning making intercession for me right now he's making intercession for you hey hey 
When you pray to him, this ought to make anybody shout. While you're praying to him, he's praying for you. Yes. Do you know you don't even know what to pray? I talked about it in Sunday school. Everybody wants to brag on their good and their, their you know, I, I pray, I pray, pray, pray. I got a good prayer life. Look, listen to me, Goofy. Half of our prayer life, we're not right with God in most of what we pray. God, you know they looked at me the other day the way they did. I just prayed you'd rain down fire and judgment on them. God, you know I, I you know I got this need, Lord. I need you to really, I need you to do this. God, now you know. Now, Lord, now here's what I've been thinking about. God, if you just do this for me, then this will happen. Most of our prayer life consists of trying to line God out. Did you know, according to that scripture, there is but one God, God one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, and He is interceding and inter, an intercessor on our behalf. And even when we know not what to pray, He prays for us. So while you're praying in your selfish vernacular, He's praying to the Father in the supernatural vernacular, and He's saying what really needs to be prayed. He's a personal Savior. Can I say this morning, He really was born. Y'all ain't acting like he was. When y'all see him, I can't wait. I hope he'll let me have a camera just for one moment when we get to heaven. Because I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a, a I'm gonna get a, a probably a twelve foot by twelve foot picture to hang up in my mansion for the first, when the first time y'all see him. I've been trying to get y'all to act right all these years, and you won't do it. But when you see him, everything that's been preached to you all of a sudden. Yeah. I said he really was born, y'all like. Yeah. Amen. Y'all ain't understanding that God. Yeah. We're not talking about a king, a priest, a prophet. We're not we're talking about God. Yeah. Who spoke yeah. and the mountains came forth. Yeah. Who spoke the sun into existence and the moon and the stars that that God was born like me and you were born. He was born for us so we could be born again by Him. He's personal. The person said He really was born. Now I need you to act saved. He really did live a perfect, sinless life. That's not a fairy tale story. He really did die for the sin of the whole world. He really was buried, but three days later, he really got up, and he's got the, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. His tomb is still really empty. He really was seen by over five hundred witnesses. He really does mediate right now between you and God. And just any day now, he really is calling his bride out of this old world. Is anybody? sick of the world? Is anybody sick of the sin in the world? Is anybody sick of the situations in the world? Is anybody tired of the sorrows of the world? Is anybody tired of yourself in this world? Because he's personal one day we're getting out of here. We're leaving here one day. And all it goes all the way back to his birth. Third, fourthly, not only do we see because Jesus Christ was born, do we have a pure sacrifice and a pure prophetic preserved scripture and a <coughs> personal Savior? But I'll say this this morning. I know this is really elementary, but it ought to help somebody anyways. We have a powerful story because he was born. Verse 24 said, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she brought forth the son. And he called his name Jesus. Can I say the story of Je- the story of Jesus is a story that's never quit being told. 
You ever thought about that? When's the last time you went to Kroger and somebody witnessed to you about Muhammad? Y'all are Presbyterian. I, I, I know it's in your blood, it's in your genealogy, you're Catholic or something. When's the last time you went to, when's the last time that you went and, and, and somebody told you about the good news of Buddha? I know they're trying to share it out there, but we all know that Muhammad's a man and Buddha's fat and dead. Somebody say amen, but our God's really, that's a powerful story. And it's one we ought to tell. It's a story unlike any other story. Because he's born, we got a personal story that's still relevant today. Isn't it amazing that it's not, it's not outdated yet? It's been 2,000 years that we're still talking about it. And all over the world, they're going to talk about a little baby boy named Jesus that was born. It's a powerful story. It's still real and relevant. It's still rewarding. Do you know there's, there's people this year that will be birthed into the family of God because they heard the story. It's still rich. It's still right. It's still redeeming. It's still powerful. Can I say, listen to me. Hang with me. Hang with me. Hang with me. There's a lot of good stories out there. There's a lot of great stories out there, Deacon. There's a lot of grand stories out there, but there's only one story that's God's story. Oh, I wish y'all would just have church with me. There's a lot of good stories, grand stories, and great stories, but there's only one story that's God's story, and it's this story. Jesus Christ was born. I say because Christ was born, we have a powerful story. We ought to share this story with everybody we know. When's the, let me ask you something. Any of y'all got any good hunting stories? How many times have you told them about Caleb? No. No. Well, I don't think so. I got stories that really ain't even that good. They just make an impact on me. That's me falling and hurt my hip. Nobody cares about that. But I'll tell everybody. Because my hip's still hurting. Does it make sense? It's relevant. You know, what, you, know what the, you know what the world was buzzing about last night? Alabama and Georgia. Go dog, by the way. I'll fight somebody over there. You know what they're talking about that? It's, it's, it's relevant. But you know what? This time next year, we're not going to be talking about that. Nope. Right. It'll be outdated. All right, sir. Y'all remember when Biden first went in? We all we all would just try to go find a marijuana deal or somewhere. Somebody got <laughs> But you know how, how I, I mean, but even now, as unoccupied as he is here, we're sick of talking about the, the crazy fellow. Right. It's old news. Yes. Trump's not even exciting more. We're over his hair. It's old news. How, how many times when you first got engaged and got married, there for a while, you, you want to tell everybody about that moment, but it's been a long time since you went to the store and said, I just got engaged 27 years ago. <laughs> but when you first got engaged, you went to the cashier and he was bringing out groceries. He said, are you having a good day, sir? And he said, oh yeah, I'm having a good day. I fixed to get married. Because he's relevant. He's new. He's excited. But it's wore off. Is anybody with me this morning? I Please stay here. But 2,000 years have passed. Yes. And the story still is relevant and real and righteous and redeeming as it's it's powerful. The world's never seen another baby be born of a virgin. 
Ain't you glad somebody told you that story? I need y'all to act like that. I'm asking you a question. <clears throat> Is anybody glad somebody told you that old story? Oh, no. The old story will never grow. Old. How Jesus died to save my soul. No. The old story will never grow. Old. That story will never grow. Old. I went. To church one lonely night And I sat way back For my soul was not right The preacher was preaching How Jesus died for a sin-filled world He gave up his life Oh no, the old story will never grow old How Jesus died to save my soul. Oh no, the old story will never grow old. That story will never grow old. I went to the altar. I'm about to get happy. And I knelt down and prayed. I cried, Lord, have mercy. And He pardoned me there. Then He lifted my burden, brought peace to my soul. What made my life new was this story sold. Many years have passed by since I found the Lord. I remember that night when the story was told. I had no hope on the message it brings. That story is old, but it still blesses me. Oh no, the old story will never grow. How Jesus died to save my soul. Oh no, the old story will never grow. That story will never grow. I went to the altar and I knelt down and prayed. I cried, Lord, have mercy. And He pardoned me there. Then He lifted my burden. He brought peace to my soul. What made my life new was this story sold. And many years have passed by since I found the Lord. I remember that night when the story was told. I had no hope. Oh, but the message it brings. That story is old, but it still blesses me. Oh, no. The old story, it'll never grow. How Jesus died to save my soul. Oh, no. The old story will never grow. That story will never grow. That story will never grow. Somebody ought to thank God for a powerful story. It ain't old this morning. It ain't outdated. It's not unrelevant. It still is real and right is right. And it ain't a bit old this morning. Can I say because Christ was born, we got a powerful story. Because Christ was born, fifthly, 
We have a path that shines. Oh, yes. Oh, listen to me. Look in verse, look in verse, look in verse number uh, 25. The Bible said, knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, called his name Jesus. Now look in chapter 2. Chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, scribes, people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet... And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now notice, when they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was and when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy two thousand years ago God put a star in the sky a lie in a dark world for these three wise men to find him can I say even from his birth to two years of age God had a shining bright light in the midst of a dark world for all those that would to come. But can I say the light's not, I need somebody to get with me. The light's not went out. The light still shines among the darkness. And those of you who were saved used to walk in darkness. You were children of darkness and not of light. Oh, but because Christ was born. Hallelujah. There is a path that shines because there's a person that shines. There is no there's a light under my pathway this morning because I've entered into the light and the light has entered in unto me. I didn't follow a star. I believed in a son. He's a light in a dark world. The Bible said in John chapter number 8 verse number 12 then spake Jesus again unto them saying I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. John 12 35 and 36 Then Jesus said unto them Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light believe in the light. That you may be children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed. John 12 46 Jesus said I am come a light into the world. That whatsoever believeth on whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness Acts 26 23 the Bible said that Christ should suffer that he should be the first and that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people 2 Corinthians 4 3 through 6 but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light 
that the glorious gospel of Christ through his image of God should shine unto them. He said and Paul said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I hope y'all are alright with all this. It is Bible. Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Ephesians 5, 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. 1 Peter 2, 9. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. First John 1 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness. Somebody ought to act like you believe the book. In him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ is sign that cleanseth us from all sin. May I say somebody ought to thank God you're no longer living and walking around in darkness. But because Christ was born there is a path that shines through a person that shines. I'm glad I'm living in the light this morning. And it all goes back to because Christ was born. Lastly, and I'm done. Lastly, and I'm done. Just been preaching a little over 30 minutes. Some of y'all feel like you've, you've binge, what do you call that? Binge watch, binge watch, binge watch. Feel like you binge watched a whole, a whole Netflix series this morning already. But lastly, I'm going to say this. This is my favorite one. Because Christ was born, <clears throat> not only do we see all these things, <coughs> excuse me, a path that shines, a, a uh, prophetic, a pure, perfect scripture, all these things. But lastly, I want to say because Christ was born, we have a purpose to serve. I want you to look at verse 11. Uh, of chapter 2. Matthew 2, 11. Matthew 2, 11. If you're there, say amen. When they were come, talking about the wise men, into the house they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down with Mary, or excuse me, fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures. God said that's what God's looking for. Amen. By the way, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Everybody wants to just talk about that being money. That's a whole lot more money. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Some of y'all's minds fixed on other things because it means more to you than God does. But where your treasures that behind. They opened to him their treasures, verse 11. Notice this. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Right here it is. Here's your purpose. 
gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Preacher, I don't understand. How can their gifts show us our purpose? Because these gifts were not given in vain. It's not just by coincidence that Jesus, after His birth, received three gifts. One was gold, one was frankincense, and one was myrrh. Can I say here we find not only three gifts, but if we go back to the Old Testament, did you know in the Old Testament there's three anointed offices in the Old Testament? Only three. Prophets were anointed. They were a gift. And they were an office. Priests anointed and gifts from God to men and kings. Prophet, priest, and king. That's the three offices of the Old Testament. I'm going to say it and then we'll try to preach it. When they bring him gold, they are bringing a gift to a king. When they bring him frankincense, they are bringing a gift to the priest. And when they bring him myrrh, they're bringing him the gift of a prophet. And here's how I'll show you this. Gold. Of course, I've got scripture for all this, but if I don't get to it, I want you to understand it. Gold represents all throughout the Old Testament kingship. And even in the New Testament, when we speak of gold, we, we speak of, did you know in Revelation we find a city of gold called heaven? Yeah. But heaven has a king. Right. And we find that frankincense is applied to the priest because when they would, and I'll show it to you, it's in Leviticus and Exodus and other places. When the, when the, how many of y'all know priests were a very important office in the Old Testament? Matter of fact, when people want to deal with their sins, they went to the priest. The priest is the one who would make the altar and put the sacrifice on the altar and they would take frankincense and it would be as a sweet-smelling savor to God when they offered the sacrifice for sin. And then so we find the king, then we find the priest, but then the prophet, myrrh. Did you know what myrrh is? Myrrh was an, an embalming spice. They used myrrh to embalm. Myrrh would not only preserve death, but it would slow the pains of death. I've got scripture for all of this. I hope I get to it. But myrrh represents the prophet because myrrh is used for suffering. And Jesus was and is the suffering prophet. Did you know Smyrna? Smyrna. If you were to go look in Revelation, we got all the scriptures. Hopefully, we'll get to them. Smyrna is the same word in the Greek and Hebrew as myrrh. Smyrna. If you look it up, you don't have to fact check. Go look up what Smyrna means. It means suffer, suffering. Did you know the church of Smyrna? When when John the Revelator writes to those seven churches, he writes to the church of Smyrna, and this is what he said. He said, "I know that you you look poor, and you've been you've been persecuted. You look like you have nothing, and you've had to endure and, and, and deal with persecution. But you've endured to the end, and you'll receive a crown of life. Looks just like our our Lord and Savior, our prophet, the suffering prophet." So gold, frankincense, and myrrh all represent the three offices, anointed offices of the Old Testament. Do you think it's coincidence that when Jesus is born, they bring Him a gift for each office? It's not a coincidence. Because He's not just a king, He's the King of kings. 
He's not just a priest. He is the high priest, the priest of all priests. And he's not just a prophet. He is the prophets of all, the prophet of all prophets. And even as a little baby boy, the world, the wise men recognize we are bringing a gift to a king. And we're bringing a gift to a priest. I need we're bringing a gift to a king or the king. We're bringing a gift to the priest. And we're bringing a gift to the prophet in gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What's our purpose? Why do we come to church on Sunday morning? Not because we're religious, but we're serving a king. Not because we've got to, but our high priest has made a sacrifice for sin once and for all. And is set down at the right hand of the Father. And because he is the suffering prophet, and he suffered so much that he gave his only life on the cross for my sin that is my purpose to serve him this morning so for a few moments I just want to give you some scriptures on these and we'll be done because Christ was born we find a purpose to serve first of all Christ is king we see gold the gold reveals Christ as King. Song of Solomon said this. I like this. Song of Solomon said in, five, in chapter 5, verses 10 through 16. My beloved, speaking of, speaking of the Lord, my beloved is white and ruddy. He's chief among 10,000. See, if I preached this 100 years ago, they'd be tearing sheetrock out of walls. They really would. It says he's chief among 10,000. His head is as the most fine gold. This is our Lord. His locks are bushy. And black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices as sweet as sweet flowers. His lips are like lilies and uh, dropping sweet smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with uh, uh, beryl. His belly is bright as ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon excellent as the cedars his mouth is most sweet yea he is altogether lovely this is my beloved and this is my friend can I say this morning I say amen to Solomon he is a king of kings this morning. Revelation 21 10 you know where we're headed you know what New Jerusalem's called city of gold I say a king is someone who has authority to both rule and reign over people Jesus is not just a king he's a king of kings that's why he's called a king. In Matthew 2, look at verse 2 in our text. <clears throat> the Bible says, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? From his birth. Yeah. He was recognized as king. I say Jesus accepts that title in Matthew 27, 11, when he's standing before uh, Pilate and that Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou king of the Jews? You know what Jesus said? Thou sayest. He said, Yeah, you got it right. Matthew 21 5 says this Tell you the daughters of Zion Behold thy king cometh unto thee uh, Meek and sin upon her ass And the cold of the fallen ass Revelation 19 11 said And I saw heaven open And behold a white horse And he that sat upon him Was called faithful and true And in righteousness he doth, he doth judge and make war his eyes were as a flame of fire in his head up were many crowns his name was written and had a name written that no man knew but himself he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen that's you and me clothed in fine linen and white and clean out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that he should smite the nations he shall rule them with a rod and iron he shall rule them how is God the Lord Jesus Christ going to rule a rod and iron because he's king of kings, neighbor. Yeah. 
He's, that's, that's the purpose that I serve. And he has a vesture. And he hath on his vesture on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kingdom of God. How many of y'all have recognized that phrase? It's all throughout your Bible. Give me ten minutes. It's all throughout your Bible. Mark 1.14 said, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches us to pray. In Matthew 6, 9, 10, After this manner, therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Question, how can there be a kingdom with no king? Does everybody follow me? I, I'm, I bored you with preaching on our Savior, haven't I? Bless your little hearts. I, I'm not just talking about a, a, a powerful figure here. I'm talking about the king. The king. This ought to help somebody. This king that on his thighs, vesture is written, King of kings, Lord of lords, he's wearing a vesture, dipped in blood, and he, 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 upon him that sat upon a white horse, and, and those who followed him, which is us on white horses, they were clothed in fine linen. We're a child of the king. That same king who just came by and has been with us today. Yes. Because he was born. I have a purpose to serve. He was born a king. He lived a king. He died a king. He's coming back a king. He'll rule and reign as a king right here on this earth for a thousand years and we'll spend together together in New Jerusalem which will be heaven on earth when He recreates it and He'll be king then too. Second of all, we see Christ as priest, frankincense. Leviticus, I'm going to give you these scriptures, we'll hurry. Leviticus chapter 2, verses 1 2 said this And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense thereon. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, and he shall take therefore out a handful of flour thereof and the oil thereof, and with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Exodus chapter 30, we won't read it, read the whole chapter. Luke chapter 1 verse 9 said, According to the custom of the priest office, his lot was to burn incense in the temple of the Lord. Frankincense was often used as that incense. And so we find all throughout the Bible that the priests, especially those that we read of in the Old Testament, would sacrifice sacrifices and offer sacrifices to God in order to cleanse sin. And frankincense was the very thing they used on the altar to give that sweet-smelling savor to God. They would burn frankincense in the temple. It was their job. It was not the job of the, of the servant. It was not the job of the king. It was not the job of this one or that one. It was the job only of the priest to use frankincense as an incense to God. It was no coincidence that when Jesus is born, He's not just a priest. He is the high priest. Ephesians 5, 1 2 said, Be ye therefore followers of God's dear children, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Is anybody, is anybody, y'all are way out there right now. You're, you're, you're in quarter number three of the ball game on Netflix right now. When Jesus offered himself, it was a sweet smelling savor to God. Yes. Not just, can you imagine the high priest is his own sacrifice? That's our God. Hebrews 6.20 said, Whether the forerunners for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest 
Not Hebrews 9.11, but Christ being come a high priest of good things. And Hebrews chapter 9, all the way through it, high priest. Hebrews chapter number 10, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new living way. He hath consecrated for us through the veil which is say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near the uh, true heart and full assurance of faith. So on and so forth. And I say as a priest, Jesus is our mediator between God and man. First Timothy 2, 5 and 6, For there is but one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Amen. In his birth, because he was born, I have a purpose to serve. He's not just my king, gold. He's my high priest, frankincense. But thirdly, I want you to see this and we'll be done. I can't believe I got it all out today. What a blessing. Third of all, I want you to see Christ as the prophet, which is myrrh. It could be said that both, now catch this, it could be said that both the prophet and priest stand between God and men in this sense. In the case of the prophet, he delivers the word of God from the top, forgets it from God, brings it down to the people. However, in the case of the priest, he delivers the sacrifice of the people, which is the bottom, and ascends them up to the top. So both are used, prophet and priest, from God to men in the Old Testament. Well, Jesus is both our prophet and our priest. He delivered a word of God. The word of God is not just in a copy, but in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. He is our high priest, but he's also our great prophet. Well, these wise men bring myrrh after Christ is born. What we see is a titan picture of a suffering prophet. And I'm going to give you this. Myrrh, again, is an embalming ingredient used to stop the pain in the process of death. Myrrh comes from a certain tree. Hello. Good. Myrrh is the gum or the resin that is produced in small drops from the bark of a tree, certain tree. And it's used for many things. It's used for medicine and embalming. Yeah. Well, he is both. Amen. Yes, sir. He is both. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. We won't read it, but you find a bundle of myrrh. It's a gathering of the tree. John said this, John 19, 38, he said, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of Jews, besought Pilate, that he may take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He therefore, he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Now pay attention. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pound weight, and they took the body of Jesus, wound it in linen clothes with the spices. Think about this. The very thing that Nicodemus and them brought and they put on the body of Jesus when he was buried only for three days, by the way. Help me. Amen. He was born with the same spices that he was buried with. Amen. You know what it says in his birth, Sister Annette? He was born to die. Amen. You know what swaddling clothes are in the Bible? Research it. Study it. It's basically the exact same thing as grave clothes. Yep. Yep. They were strips of cloth. And they would wrap them. You see mummies? They didn't come out of nowhere. That's what that was. They were, that's how they would do babies and how they buried people. He was born with myrrh. He was born a suffering prophet. He was born in the shadow of the cross. He was born to die. Now, Mark chapter 15, verse 22, and they bring him to the place called Golgotha, which being interpreted as the place of skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. Does everybody see how the cross is correlated in his birth? Because he's a suffering prophet. Here's what I want you to see. Go with me quickly and we're done. Two minutes to Revelation chapter 2. Real quick, hurry. Revelation 2. 
Y'all right to get with it. I'm waiting on you. Revelation 2. I've been waiting on, on you all day to get a turn right here. That's where I want to close. Smyrna. Look at Revelation 2. Look at verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Now, Smyrna again is the same word as myrrh, and they both mean suffering. Notice what this suffering church is. It's a suffering prophet. It's Jesus, if we, if we look at it. With Smyrna being myrrh. No, look, look at verse 8. <coughs> Excuse me, verse 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. That's Jesus. But thou art rich, also Jesus. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Sound just like his crowd to me. Fear not of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. There's persecution. You shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto... And I will give thee... He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the it's a suffering church, but it's a suffering prophet. We got a suffering Savior. Yeah. Smyrna is literally the same.